1: Hello, and welcome to Masoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us while we tell the stories of food startup businesses. This is Sarah Marshall from Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of the Food Innovation
0: Center, Oregon State University.
1: Yay. So we are here again this week, and we have some food news to start off with. So this is hot off the presses. There's a new hot sauce and beer bar. What? Yep. It is just open this week. It's called Ale Fire, and they just opened up in North Portland. They have specialty hot sauces and beers and ciders. And if you make hot sauce or beer and cider, they're currently stocking their shelves, so this would be a good time for you to reach out to them. So they are called Ale Fire at 3520 North Williams Avenue. So check them out. And they are officially open to the public now. And you may even find me there doing a hot sauce tasting. What? Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. If you're a food entrepreneur and you have a press release for us to announce, submit it to StartupRadioNetwork.com and help spread the word about events, new products, awards, and Anything you want us to talk about. But today, we're not here to just talk about food news. We are here with our special guest, Vivian Lee. Hello. Hi, Vivian. Hello, everyone. Welcome so, to the show. Thanks Thank for you. coming down.
2: So glad to be here.
1: We're super excited to have you here. So Vivian has a couple of companies. Yes. So you want to tell us about them?
2: Sure. I'm going to start with the my youngest child company, which is Hmong Dynasty Foods. And... Mung Dynasty Foods is all about mung beans. I make delicious, yummy veggie burgers, balls, and bites. and They happen to be vegan as well. Um, and my mission was to solve the problem, the long-standing problem of lackluster flavor and texture of veggie uh, burgers. And my goal is for everyone to enjoy these and. Uh, include the flexitarian group, which are the 7 out of 10 Americans who love to eat more plant-based foods on their plate along with their animal proteins.
1: Ooh. And you have a few lines. So, Hmong Dynasty is something that goes in the cold case or like the frozen food section. Mm-hmm. But some stores are putting in their hot food section as well.
2: Yeah. So, I've got uh, the grocery stores who are going to put it in the frozen section and they love it because they want in the grab and go. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's a really big need for some yummy, plant based, grain free foods. Cool. So
0: that's my goal. So do you have it in any stores
2: yet? I am delivering in the next couple weeks. I have um, production. I have orders in and uh, co-packing in production. Nice. Yeah.
0: It's been a process. So are you going to disclose which stores people can get it in? Um, Because maybe they won't hear this broadcast right away. They might hear it later. So it would be good to sort of tell us.
2: Okay, sure, yeah. Um, all the uh, market of choice stores, nice. They love the frozen set. They they love these burgers, and they're going to have it in their um, sort of their deli area, I mm-hmm. think, as well as a grab and go. And they're going to add their own sauces to it. You know, little Ooh. sauces on the takeout, yeah, which I thought was a great idea. I I've made it with kimchi, vegan kimchi mayonnaise, and all kinds of other things. So, uh, Chuck's. And also uh, green zebra. Mm. I've got New Seasons interested, but there's no uh, nothing actual going through yet. So
1: get on it, New Seasons. Um, come on, on. <laughs> New Seasons. Work new it, yeah.
0: Uh huh. Work it. Uh-huh. work it.
1: Mm-hmm. So tell us about the mon- mung bean. What what made you make start making these frozen food products with them? Um, I grew up, I'm
2: the child of Korean immigrants, and we ate Korean food every day. Um, I mean, my father was majorly Korean food guy. So we always had some kind of protein rice and like five different kimchi's and et cetera, et cetera. And then um, my parents bought a diner. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they bought Steve's Lunch, which Uh was a real... Red-stooled, L-shaped diner that had—so in between the kimchi and the kalbi, I was eating uh, beef stroganoff on Mondays, Hungarian goulash on Tuesdays, (laughs) hamburger steak on Wednesdays, you know, and um, so it really kind of informed my sensibilities, and uh, I—my favorite Korean dish is something called pindetok, which is a Korean pancake, and it has all kinds of delicious things. I mean, it's got pork and kimchi, and my mother made it with fiddlehead ferns, and uh, it's just—it's so— Amazing, And it's crispy on the outside, and it's like polenta on the inside. It was my favorite dish. Whenever I come back from college or school or anything, my mom would have it waiting for me. And do you have that as a frozen product? That's kind of the riff. This okay. Is the, this is the inspiration of the mung um, bean burgers. Cool. Is it's got sort of East Meets West flavors. So nice. I use my vegan kimchi that I make mm-hmm. in there. And um,
1: well, let's talk. So you do the line of mung beans and then and then the frozen products. And then you also have kimchi that you sell, right? I do sell it, but I'm doing moving into more sort of
2: like wholesale instead of retail. But it was Vivian Lee Kimchis. And um, yeah, I made a traditional one, but I really enjoyed making the East Meets West one. So I have a watermelon jicama. Summer style, which is a white kimchi, and I juiced my watermelons myself, and I also made a fresh cantaloupe-pineapple summer style kimchi. So um, I do it now more on the wholesale level versus the retail, just because, as I think a lot of um, food startups would understand, one of the things we have to be really aware of is cost and margin. And the margins on the kimchi production was very slim.
0: So you're saying wholesale. Do you mean it's going to like a deli case somewhere? Yeah,
2: I'm working on sort of more like bigger wholesale companies, deli cases, large restaurants, things like that. Nice. Yeah. So that's the that's what's going on in the kimchi world.
1: Doing the restaurant and bulk side. So if if there are oh. restaurants that are, that are listening or grocery stores, they can order it from you
0: by the gallon. Yeah, by the gallon. Very
2: cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier on the production side as well. Yeah, which has been the challenge and less packaging. That's where the pat the margins yeah. have been really. Mm-hmm.
0: Dollys are awesome that way. They take five gallon buckets and have. You know, containers in the glass case, and they just fill them up, and people take what they like. So yeah. that's cool.
2: And I meet people all the time. Like yesterday, I met a fellow, and his people just are love kimchi. It's yeah, like the, and they love. I'm like, do you like sauerkraut too? I love sauerkraut.
0: My daughter actually mm. admitted this morning she ate some kimchi yesterday. Oh, was that big? That was huge because she hasn't done it. She'll get the the rice and the pork and the kimchi, and then she'll just look at the kimchi and go, What is that? <laughs> so That's I like thought a cr- that was cool. <laughs> I I was going to get to tell you that. That's funny. It's yeah. like a Korean
2: version of sauerkraut is kind yeah. of how I explain it.
0: It's really good for your stomach.
2: Oh, it's a probiotic. Yeah. So for, it's fermented, and the, this is a... Um, a lacto-fermented product, mm-hmm. and it is wildly fabulous for your gut. And, you know, spicy. Gu- It's spicy, but I make, I'm the black sheep of my Korean family. I do not like super spicy food. Oh, So, um, you know, when I'd be at gatherings, I'd be like, oh, here's Vivian, we made this special thing for you because there's no spice in it. (laughs) Okay, I can handle a little
1: spice, you know, Um, that's cute. I am the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. I want to have everything so spicy (laughs) all the time. I want to be, like, sweating and feeling, that's how I know I'm alive.
2: <laughs> Love, I'm big on flavor, so all my products, you know, have sort of an East Sweets meets West flavor sensibility, but and they're packed with flavor, and I like a little bit of heat for interest.
1: too. You have another line of products, right, yeah. that are your granolas, and they're called Lucky Rabbit? Lucky, Lucky Rabbit
2: Snacks, and um, it's a line of n- seeds and delicious yumminess granolas that are sort of low glycemic, low sugar. It's not sort of a a more American-style granola, which generally has more sugar. And I have some cozy, familiar flavors, and then I have some interesting flavors. So I make regular granolas that you would eat for breakfast, and then I make uh, savory snacks that are made with oats, like the Big Korean Barbecue, the curry miso matcha, which was a finalist for the Good Food Award last year.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
2: Congratulations. Thank you um and um right now it's really popular it's funny my favorite is a, is a hibiscus mm. use... hibiscus is hot right now it is hot mm-hmm. and in this hibiscus tea i use it's smith tea actually and they use rose petals, sarsaparilla root, ginger. It's just a fabulous. It's just I call it the Grace Kelly of my granolas.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's super <laughs> elegant, <laughs> sexy. Yeah, it's really good with goat cheese too. Ooh, I like <laughs> that. and then where can people find those snacks? Um, in the local grocery
2: stores, so all over Portland, Market of Choice, Green Zebra. Um, can you order online? Jocks, you can order online. Are oh, you um, on Amazon? I. I'm actually just in the middle of doing that. It's oh, funny you should mention that. Yeah, I'm sort of in the midst
0: of navigating that. But so you cut your teeth on your granola. I did. It was my oldest child. Can you tell um, us a little bit about that journey? How did you? You were making granolas, right? And your friends and families told you you should sell
2: it. Yeah, you know, I used to make granolas in high school because I played on the tennis team and we had secret admirers, so. The, the girls' team and the boys' team had different seasons, alter, alternating seasons, mm. so we'd have a secret mire. And, you know, I'd make Rice Krispie Treats, and I'd make, you know, blah, blah, corp. But I made, started making granola, and then I got a note in the sky's locker going, could you just make me that granola? <laughs> ah. So that was kind of the start. Oh. And I loved it, and it was really, it sparked joy mm. to use, you know the new lexicon of Marie Kondo.
0: So you, but you were a lawyer. Yeah. How how do you go from lawyer to granola to... Mung bean burgers. <laughs> how did well, you People want to know it that way. <laughs> it mean, makes
2: me wonder too. <laughs> no, I mean people want
0: to know because there are a lot of folks out there that have been building a war chest of money, and they're like, "I wish I was a food entrepreneur." How do you so, do like, it? how do you do that? That's something I think that's really unique about you. Uh, well, you know, I practiced for like a long time, decades, mm-hmm. and
2: um, I grew up like I said, in a sort of a very Korean environment. So sort of, there were just expectations in terms of what I would be doing. So here's a funny story. Did I okay. tell you this? I don't know. My mom, <laughs> who I loved to, to, to pieces, she passed away in November. And But when I was like five, she goes, you're going to be a doctor. And then when I was 10, she goes, you're going to be an anesthesiologist because they have nine to five hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then when I was 12, I said, you know, Mom, I want to be a psychiatrist. And she goes, No. <laughs> and then a couple of years later she goes, "How about you be a lawyer?" <laughs> I just it just makes me laugh, you know, cuz I I was sort of a rebellious kid, so it's amazing that I actually did become a lawyer. Um and going back to your question on on what what drove me to do it. I've always had a passion for food. Yeah. It was truly going back to the story about my parents and growing up is my world was as big as what I knew it was to be. And, you know, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of options. Like, Mm-mm. oh, you could do all these cool, amazing different no, things, right? exactly. They were much more linear in mm-hmm. terms of what your career might be. And um, so I always loved food, and it got to a point where it was either just dive into the deep end and go do it. Because mm-hmm. you can always come back. You can always, you know, I could always find something to do. Yeah.
0: Um, and I figured it was now or never. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. So I chose granolas because, number one, I love them.
2: I enjoyed them. It was fun concocting them. And um, it it gave me sort of a a palette or a clear landscape to really kind of paint in terms of flavors.
0: Yeah, I would say you're a very creative person. And I wanted to ask you this question about creativity. How... Since you're really creative, you're like the CEO. CEOs, for me, are always creative. They have big visions. They want to know like the next big thing. How do you balance the creative side and the day-to-day stuff that needs to get done so that your food's on the shelf? Oh, God. Well, if somebody has a—if someone's really
2: mastered that, give me a call. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I really—I don't—honestly, I didn't sleep hardly— I didn't sleep very much in the first few years at all, and I I was. it it takes a single-mindedness of purpose and a total devotion and commitment Mm -hmm. to get your stuff done. I mean, I would write schedules and to-do lists and things I was going to get done that day. Did I conquer that? I'll know. But my intention was to get the things that needed to get done. I was baking. When I first started my granolas, I did it, I was just in the kitchen, commercial kitchen baking. I thought it would be more efficient, so (laughs) for like 10 hours... Well, hello, you know, so... Um, you had to you, do it to learn you it. You have to do it to learn it. And the mm-hmm. other thing about balance is, is I think you've got to wend your way. I mean, you can say this is the allocation. Like, I would actually have a list and say my allocation of, you know, creating is this and then going out and selling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I actually... It was... I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. You just have to go and do it.
0: Yeah, you for me you have like this brilliant sort of creative, dynamic Thing going on, and so whenever I talk to you, I'm always excited to hear what you're doing. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like I'm what's she doing Sarah? this time? Vivian, beans. <laughs> Vivian has <laughs> lots of ideas. I do, you?
2: That, and that's, that's actually why I was
0: like how do you control that's so it? funny. And manage it? Yes, and you know what? Pick that, the good ones. It, that's
2: a good question. I think if that if that's part of the question that you're asking, I mean, it's kind of twofold. It's Getting things done is a difficult task, mostly because you feel number one overwhelmed. And being a food crafter, like when I st- being a startup, it's isolating.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
2: kind of on your own, even though maybe you've got to find a community. You've got a night w- kitchen. It's night mm-hmm. kitchen. It's just they should do a, sh- a TV show on this because you got. I I used to bake in the middle of the night because that mm-hmm. was the only time that was available at this kitchen. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a it's fun and a little nutty cuckoo, you know. <laughs> People are like, ooh. Uh, but I, um, you you have to map out what you're willing to do or what you're going to do and then expect to do like twice as much, honestly. Yeah. And then I think for me, that is true. I have a lot of ideas. So my problem or my challenge was to curate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pick, choose, and edit. And um, for the Mung beans, for instance, my Hmong Dynasty foods, I decided I couldn't keep making kimchi retail because I put them in jars and I hand packed them. Yeah, and I had a team in the kitchen. The, the cost was just crazy. And
1: were it, they shelf stable product or yeah, refrigerated? Yeah, that that's Kimchi's challenging been, too. It's, it's it, it, it creates its own problems when mm-hmm. you have a short shelf life on things. So it's nice. I I completely understand moving from fresh food to frozen food because you lose so much money if your product isn't bought. A lot of people don't know that if you are a food manufacturer and you have a fresh product, if that product doesn't sell, sometimes the stores make you buy it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't really know that, yeah. um, that that's what happens. It's and so hard. it's there's a lot of food costs in that that... Um, That's really challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that's a really good point. And even the great stores will just say, hey, we've got some expired product. Do you mind just coming and replacing it? Sure. Which is pretty much the same thing thing. in a way. At least least you get your product back Mm -hmm. and you can eat it for breakfast. (laughs)
0: Give it to your friends. Yeah. Um,
2: But no, I think that is the biggest challenge is you've really got to harness your energy and focus on whatever it is your plan is. And then you really don't be... Distracted by bright, shiny objects, which is challenging because there's like opportunities here, opportunities there, and they may not be the right opportunities
0: for yeah. you. Got to stay on your path. You
2: got to stay on your path, and that's been tough. But I had to curate. Just you have to curate, and you got to stick to it, and then you feel a lot better. I'm not as overwhelmed. Um, actually, going back to granolas, so I've I've really loved making my granolas, and I like making my savory snacks, but I. Um, I am. You have a co-packer. Um, n- well, I n- I haven't had one because it's pretty straightforward. I had a good team making it, but I will be co-packing it. But what actually, what I am going to be doing is um, I've got I'm going to be sort of slightly transitioning to uh, the CBD world. Oh, yeah, with my snacks and then oh. and moving out of the conventional side. Mm -hmm. And then that will that will further streamline my business plan.
0: People will be much more relaxed eating your granola. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we want. (laughs) They're like, I had carpal tunnel, and now I don't. Now I
1: don't. What made (laughs) you make that choice to move into the CBD world? Well,
2: when I started Lucky Rabbit Snacks and Granola, I actually was making um, a a parallel. I had sort of a parallel company going. This is pre-OLCC. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I was. Dabbling in figuring out how to make snacks that were had uh, pot, pot snacks, edibles. And um, it was a lot of testing, a lot of um, experimentation. And I, had, um, I have these products that you cannot taste any, any of that CHC or any cannabis in it. Mm-hmm. And it was really popular. I mean, amongst my friends who were my guinea pigs, you know, in testing things. Mm. And it was just a really good business revenue. a I could see it as a great gener- revenue generator and a good business stream. But um, my business started getting busy. A conventional business got busy, and I had to make a choice, and I just decided I was going to put that aside. But I find that um, it is medicinal. I mean, I've personally experienced, like, I use cream. I have, like, you know, working in the kitchen, standing on concrete for a few years. It hurts. it's It just causes some challenges physically. So I think per, from personal experience, it can be really uh, helpful and, and healthful. And I want to do something that's part of my mission in the world is to create not just yummy, delicious snacks, but,
1: you know, things that nourish,
2: that um, that sustain, mm-hmm. Um And And I noticed that
1: that about your products, that you have a big focus on um, things being healthy, things being vegan. A lot of your products are vegan, which is rare to find in Korean food for kimchi to be (laughs) vegan and for snacks to be vegan. So what made you make that choice?
2: Um, Well, I did it because I was eating more plant-based foods and because I had some gut issues. Mm -hmm. And so I would look, roll down the aisles. And at that time, I just, it was not a lot of, there might be some options, lots of options, but it was challenging, at least for me, to find flavorful things that were yummy and that were plant-based. So that's the reason why I decided to base almost all my products except for a uh, kimchi or two. But at my, my bag, biggest seller was the vegan kimchi. yeah. And that took the most time to actually develop.
1: It's a little hard to find vegan kimchi. I have a shrimp allergy, and so whenever I yeah. am in the stores and wanting to buy kimchi, I have to be very careful of what to buy. So I've always known that your product is one that I could have, which is awesome. And don't you just love the vegan community? They're yeah. such hardcore fans. They
2: are. They are. They're very, you know, they're really mindful of what they eat. They're committed to, the, to a plant-based lifestyle. I I think they're great. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think once they find someone like you, they follow you. They just become you know part of your life, which is really cool. <laughs> They're so They're excited They're like, we about can't it.
2: find the Coco Classic. Yeah. You know, where is it? I'm like, I don't know. Let me find out for you. That, actually, that's true. I got I got the most emails about products, their favorite products that were out yeah. on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and my mung, my mung burgers are vegan as well. Awesome. I feel like that the world, though, like I am, when I was younger, in my 20s, I was a vegan for two years, and then I was a vegetarian for four. And back then, it was a lot of peanuts and eggplant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of options. not a, not a lot of options. Now it's um, a whole different Now world. it's a whole different world. And I really believe, though, that it's like, well, look at Beyond Burger. I don't know if you are familiar with Beyond Burger. Mm, they're selling like crazy. So I, stock-wise, they had their IPO a few months ago, mm-hmm. and it was slated to come out around 125. I mean, I think i it was like a hundred and it it just it's now at two hundred and what? Twenty maybe or two hundred it's wildly overpriced and yet it keeps on moving forward. It just recently announced that it is partnering with Dunkin' Donuts. Oh Dunkin' man, Donuts that's is gonna a have a huge group. It's of gonna have people. beyond <laughs> burger. And then I think it was another store. So I think what's mm. I mean the reason why I'm sort of mentioning this is plant based foods is all over and I think everybody wants a little more they wanna have a healthier lifestyle. They just don't wanna sacrifice flavor and they wanna have maybe their chicken and their veggies and maybe they'd have a couple of mung
0: burgers or they lung bites. They want to save the planet. Yeah. Everybody's focusing on... Saving the planet, the having, planet. and eating yeah. yummy food. Yeah, we, That's we, it's
1: becoming a popular theme for us to talk about is um, people eating less meat, um, mm-hmm. eating more plant-based foods, eating things that um, are made of real ingredients. Mm-hmm. I'm really into what's happening these days with food manufacturers. It's yeah, awesome.
2: It is interesting because... So this is a category creator in that nobody's making... Any kind of burgers with mung beans here. You should taste them.
1: Oh, uh, yo, yeah. yeah. You, you brought us them? some samples. I did. I cooked them so up. up in
2: a pan. So, you brought that. Uh, should foil I take the
1: foil off? off. Yeah. Mm. All
2: right, this is a few extra, but I just in case I really wasn't sure. Okay, oh, we're okay. Yeah. We a lot. And that of those. uses my that uses my vegan kimchi as Thank well. Thank you. So.
1: so the kimchi Thank is you. inside. So these are um, just to describe what we're eating here. So these are the falafels. Yeah,
2: they're kind of they're like little bites. Mm. They're little bites they're, made of mung
1: beans, and then they have kimchi in them. Mm. Yes. Mm.
2: And they've got a lot of other things. So That's it's satisfying. got tons of veggies. And, and they're
1: still warm. Thank you. I know. I, I did it this morning.
2: I, yeah. So what do you think? And Colorful. they're just. They're co- Yeah, they kind of are shaped sort of they're like so a good. flat falafel thing. Mm-hmm. And it's. I
1: and wish they're you they're could so see the pictures. Thank you. They are cute. I know. We Sarah, take a picture cute. so we can post it on your Instagram so people can see how on cute they website? are. Um, we you got your website set up, yeah, yes, frozen?
2: I do, but I don't actually have pictures of just the what the mung bean looks like. It's all I have pictures that are on like my marketing information, so they they look like little hexagonal is that hex? yeah, yeah, yeah. they're hexagonal. so cute,
1: and so people would either get these in the frozen food section or get them in the deli case, yes. and they're they're really wonderful. Thank they remind you. me of... Um, Have you had them before, Sarah? No, I've never oh, had you're them. This is my first me. time. I, mm. You know, the only product I've had of yours, we um, t- found you at the Mercy Corps holiday show. You had your granolas. Yeah. And my husband loves your barbecue. Is it called oh, Big Korean Barbecue? Yes. So good. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That is definitely that. my... But I didn't know you did this whole other line. I yeah, I just knew about the kimchi new. and the granolas.
2: This is new, mm. and uh, I, I I love this because I did everything I could to not sacrifice flavor and still make it vegan and plant help based. You? Yeah, you know it's funny. This person helped me. I was like, okay. So what happened was is I'm like <laughs> Sarah,
1: where are you in on this? I'm developing this thing, and I'm like, it's a frozen
2: product, and I'm like, I can't get this thing to freaking work on the frozen mm. side. So I'm like. Ring, ring. Hey, Sarah, help me. <laughs> help, 911, help. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Food Innovation Center, Sarah Masoni, she helped me develop this. And, and it was just, it was like, you know, it was such a relief because, and I was so grateful for that because I've developed all my other products. and. This one was a tough one for me. Yeah. And it was
0: we we worked on this. So there's a group in town that kind of helped fund some of that work. Can you tell us about that? Apano? Yeah, tell us about Apano. Oh
2: yeah, I'd love to. It's a Asian Pacific Oh, Pacific American Network, or uh, oh, I'm or sorry, probably organization. Organization, yeah. Well, A-Pano. and here's what Apano does. It's a it's a, a nonprofit that's uh, mission is to help business owners that Asian. I think it's an Asian American yeah. organization. Islanders, Islanders too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are there to na- they they have nav- what they're called navigators, which are sort of business consultants for small businesses mm-hmm. to help them wend their way through this sort of um, you know, sometimes um, foggy path of, yeah. of business startups. Mm-hmm. You know, and where how to get to X, Y, and Z. So my navigator is Carol Lee, who I love, and yep. I forgot to tell her I was doing this podcast. So I'm gonna have to tell <laughs> well, it. She's on vacation, actually. So yeah, yeah. but um, you know, she has been great because what they do is they help you solve problems that you are faced with and you're not really sure what to do. Sometimes you run into, for me as as a, a small business owner, I think I can solve the problem myself. And so I'll just sit there and let it sit and go, I've got to move on to something else, I'll come back to it. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, I can't solve all the problems, and I, I don't even know sort of paths to solving the problems. Mm-hmm. So she's been very helpful in figuring things out. She's also kind of, a, you know, gently or just sort of, be, you know, had we've had great conversations on sort of what to do, where to go. The other organization that's really been great is the Portland, it's not Portland State anymore, PSU, B-O-P. Yeah. They actually have split from there, but it's... Um, oh, I don't know. It's a great it was originally with Portland State University and they help small businesses. Mm-hmm. It's gathering hey, to That's it's the interview. nice thing about
1: the city is that there's so many resources for people that are wanting to start businesses or even if you're um, you know, on the path and you want to make some changes, I think that's something that um, it sounds like kind of happened for you. Like, you already had a product and a line, but you wanted to do something totally different. But then there was resources you could go to. So you could go to the Food Innovation Center and get help from Sarah. You could go, um, you know, and get maybe some funding from this other organization. And e- did you take classes at Mercy Corps as well? I that have. Way? And, yeah. in fact,
2: I just signed up for one. Um, Mercy Corps is a great organization. Mm-hmm. It's they, so awesome. They are truly committed to helping small business people. And... Giving them, I mean, having classes and seminars that sort of can educate. Just yeah. like Food Innovation Center, I took your, what was it? Something to recipe. Um, you know, your classes, your two-part Yeah, part Fridays club, at twi- the FIC. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was sort of like figuring out you have an idea, now what do you want to do if you take it to market or mm-hmm. whatever. So it was great. I took it. You did
0: get in your recipe to market? uh uh-huh, Well, oh. I not, no, uh, the food innovation At
2: the class, FIC. Yeah, at the FIC. Yeah. I took those classes. And, you know, I would urge a- anyone who is thinking or has got a small business and maybe feels really like, oh, I feel alone or I don't know what to do, to reach out. Because there's lots of, you just need to get on the email list, and you just need to start catching classes. And a lot of times if you're sort of in a place where, you know, it seems like these, because the, there's, there's fees sometimes associated, but a lot of yeah. times, they can waive, you know, have little scholarships or waive the fees. Yeah. So ask, always ask. My mother used to say, "If you don't ask, you don't
0: get." Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, you have to be ready to invest if you're gonna, yes. do something do like to... this. Um, mm. I have another question for you, Vivian. Yes. I'm so, ready. I'm wondering if you had one thing that could help your business move forward, like in your dream, your big dream. What mm-hmm. would that be? Would it be? It would be investment, investment.
2: Yeah, outside investment. So this has been, yeah, it's been funded. Not, it's uh, it's been self funded for the most part, mm-hmm. and um, the biggest game changer to my business, especially with the uh Burgers, Balls, and Bites, would be outside investment. And the reason for that is <clears throat> I have a, too much demand right now, and not enough supply, mm. and some of that is. Um, you know, when you're scaling up, there's a lot of costs associated, and when you're scaling up with frozen, mm-hmm. it, there are some additional costs. And really, there, I've had—I was at uh, the Fancy Food Show in yeah. New York Tell City. Tell us about at, that. That, that was—I was had a got to take part and participate at the Food Innovation Center table, mm-hmm. and so there were several other food crafters, mm-hmm. um, really great people. It was really a diverse group in terms of uh, food. Um, and what they were making I love that and you are there to sample your products and to meet buyers hopefully and connect um, with people who c- could be game changers for your business hopefully yeah. and that includes grocery buyers heads you know executives, uh, companies um, bloggers distributors, distributors brokers. brokers and so you are there you sample your products you like to, you don't know who they are and um, so it's always fun. So, for instance, I can sort of talk about my experience, right? Yeah. So I had, um, at Walmart It had a big presence at this event. And Walmart has really taken a huge interest in um, participating more, becoming more active with incubators and as well as small business crafters. They actually were, were saying that they were really big in helping the cauliflower yeah. brand company
0: yeah the pizza
2: crust the pizza crust people mm-hmm. who were small in the beginning i think it's called Cola power or something Color power and they helped them scale up and 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 all kinds of stuff and they're they said that's one of our best sellers they recognize you know walmart is really trying to um c- compete in some ways with amazon they and but their biggest money maker, their revenue generator is grocery mm-hmm. and so they i think wanted to be become more Involved.
0: Yeah, right. And they want to have all of the unique spots in the store too. They want to be represented in dairy. Right now, my absolute favorite dairy product they have is a fresh mozzarella ball. Oh. Theirs is the best. Really? And if you haven't shopped their deli case, their provolone cheese is bomb. Really? Yeah, so you should take a look at the at the different options of that. They also are the
1: biggest seller of organic produce. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think people, you know, I mean, just don't put big companies like that out of mind. Like if you're a small company and you're looking to grow, um, those kinds of places can be really good for you if you want to get into mass distribution. But one thing I wanted to ask about is like with your products before you could probably distribute them yourself. Like you could ship, granola to somebody, or you could go and de- deliver it and drop it off. But with a frozen food product, do you need to use a distributor because they have frozen trucks? And um,
2: I have to use some kind of... Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes, and that's been the challenge. And that's sort of in part of the answer to the question that Sarah just asked about what would be the game changer for you now. So at this point, it's kind of an interesting place in terms of this product. This product is frozen. Mm-hmm. It comes with it additional costs in a, in a variety of ways. One of them is distribution. So I was part of so, Market of Choice has this amazing program for for new food or f- smaller food companies mm-hmm. called the Mojo Program. Oh, and th- they're incredible. John Boyle on the team there. What they do is, you were if you got into the pro- into the company, they have like twelve or fourteen stores all over Oregon. Mm-hmm. And my st- my products are all over Oregon because Market of Choice allows. They have a truck every week. You get orders from everywhere. You around. drop it somewhere. You drop it. And just truck, to one location, yeah, just to downtown Belmont. But then Market Choice would pick it up, and you're not paying any shipping fees.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, that's, Helps a huge, that's huge. That's huge. But they don't do frozen.
0: They say whoever has the truck s- wins. So just shelf stable, yeah. <laughs>
2: so here's the deal. I have he, you know, uh, John Boyle was like, I'll connect you. There's some f- smaller frozen food distributors. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's a challenge. This product though is is for me. I've loved every single product I've made. This product, though, I feel so excited about. Uh, Walmart loved it. I had the director frozen. She ate, like, I don't know, sitting Laura. there, standing there, eating, yeah, Laura, for a half an hour mm-hmm. and talking, and I connected with the other buyers well. Um, the other great experience at this food event, at the Fancy Food Show, was. Um, there were these two gentlemen who came up, and it. it turned out they were the executive VPs of DPI, which is a huge distribution company. And he said, "I would like some more samples." And I said, "Oh, will drop it off." You know, he goes, I, "He goes where?" I go, to "Tualatin." He goes, "I live in Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> so I sent him a box. But apparently, and he, what he does is he is in charge of Kroger. So, oh, um, whoa. yeah, so, you there know, you go. there's, there's a lot of opportunities. And for me, after doing a few events, it's qua- quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know.
0: Always have your food with you. That's what I tell people. Yeah. Like you don't know when you meet somebody who they might be. That's true. I always had and that was easy for granola. Hey, I got some sort not-so-frozen mung beans I would say, right you now. can get these, like, miniature kind of waffle irons now. I think you should have one of those in your purse.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and whip it up. And well, have a thermos. So <laughs> just to be able <laughs> to warm be Like would I you? will warm up a sample for you right now. It'll take like five
0: minutes. <laughs> Don't
2: worry. <laughs> would you like a mung bean waffle?
1: <laughs>
2: what a great idea. You can waffle <laughs> mung bean waffle and I chicken. I like that idea. And chicken. Chicken know, and mung, mung so bean good. waffles. Hmm.
1: I do notice that you do a lot of, in store demos i was checking out your instagram and so you're at a lot of places and um you know i think that's one thing that's really important especially when you have a new product is you really have to get people to try it and taste it and yeah. um i think sometimes sometimes people are like i don't it's a waste of time or i don't you know i it's a waste of food or samples but yeah. i always think that if if somebody asks me to do something I just do it because yeah. it's like I never right. know what's going to come of it. And no, the the things that are always the weirdest, I make the best connection that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one time this wise person told me that when you have a food product you should be like Santa Claus with samples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should gift people with the food that you're producing because mm-hmm. they'll come back yeah. and buy it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. I I couldn't agree more. It's um it's a necessary thing to do when you have a small when you have any business, but especially when you're a small food crafter and you've got products in stores, it's um it's important that you're just out there. Mm-hmm. You might it, it's a you've got to just make it
1: work. Yeah, and I think the best way to find your people is to have them try your food. and yeah, so, that's a really good
2: idea because yeah. that's one of the challenges I've had is you know people come and go. Who's um, your support
0: network, Vivian? Like, so your brother? My like, is in family. Yeah, who is it? I know. I met your brother and sister-in-law. Well, well, yeah. Well, soon to be sister-in-law. It's my boyfriend,
2: my brother who came yes. and helped me at fancy food, and my sister-in-law was yeah. just a rock star. They I were mean, amazing. She's the one who was helping me. She cook was cooking up. them all. She's a great cook. She's a great cook. Actually, she she makes she was great on paella. It. Um, no, Anna, she's great. She loves to, she's a baker, but that's a support, my support group. And then, you know, Food Food Innovation Center has been a big support group. Mm -hmm. You've been, um, Apano, um, and then other fellow food crafters. You yeah. know, when I've had questions and stuff, like I'm doing feast, I'm gonna have a little be able to sample at feast on the at the Grand Tasting on September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And I sort of texted a couple other food crafters and said, You did this, how what was it like? What'd you have to do? what did you have to prep? So, you know, there is a community out there and I think you've just gotta it, it really it really is helpful to have um, to build a, uh, some relationships there.
1: I think that's really good advice for people too when they get into this world of food manufacturing is that a lot of times you don't realize how isolating it is and it is going to be. And when you were talking about working in the kitchen alone, we've that comes up here a lot is that you start this business and you want to bring this great food to the people, but then what ends up happening is that you're really just alone in the kitchen a lot. Yes. And so I think it's so important for people to find other food buddies, other friends, and just make these strong connections because you really need them. Otherwise, it's just so lonely. Yeah, so if you
0: could actually get a food buddy that was like a celebrity or a movie star, Uh that could be your spokesperson. Who would it be? I I actually have thought about this. Bobby Flay
2: or Oprah. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And the reason why Bobby, I've tried. I've tried to get through to Bobby Flay because he's got, number one, this like, It's, I don't know what it's called. It's like Bobby's Picks, right? And Mm. he loves kind of Korean, he loves gochijang, and he loves Korean food. He loves kind of like, he likes big bowl flavors. Mm. So his restaurants or his career started in sort of like very strong um, flavors. And like, I think like Latino or Mexican and... Mm -hmm. He's classically trained, but he loves food, and so I was like, "How can I get that big Korean barbecue into his hands?" You know. Yeah. I thought when I was at Fancy Food Show, I would just go by. As I tried, I tried getting through through his gauntlet of peeps. You know. All and those
1: celebrities have people. They have, they have handlers. It's hard to get to them sometimes. I people. have heard the Oprah
2: Magazine, which is another thing I've always wanted yep. to do. Is like I've looked everywhere. Like, what's the
0: contact? Have Who you heard people? about uh, having a PR firm represent you? Well, that sounds expensive. <laughs> I, <think laughs> that's I have thought what about, you about it. I thought about those it. Those people know all the people. They do. They know their people. Yeah. Know their people, and that's how you get there. Yeah, you kind of have to hook up with the right. The, people mm-hmm. have to have the right the connections, and
2: I don't have them. I've heard you can just send things to the Oprah um, magazine, and because right now they're picking for the holidays i know isn't yeah. that
1: funny it's july, Christmas yeah. in july but this is when all this of the magazines are sometimes. finding their top gifts for holidays actually shape magazine connected with me
2: last Ooh. year and i was in their magazine i sent them some samples i don't know how they they were i don't know how they i somebody got on their radar it. somebody maybe bought it yeah i liked it and they're like we we're doing this story on x so i was in this um
0: had a little shout-out there. But, yeah, that would be kind of my thing. If if you could be philosophical for a moment, would you have any advice for somebody who's thinking about starting a little food business? Advice? Yeah.
2: Well, in college, my philosophy exam was eight hours and was not my best moment. But, um, yeah, I would give them – if I could do – when I look back, I – I would give the advice to myself of, you know, when you you got you got to be all in, number one, and figure out if you can and maybe it, have a strong purpose and be completely one hundred and twenty percent committed. Um, f- do your research. Research is good. It's very important. Um, I know you know we're all passionate about something, but you've got to figure out whether that is viable. Mm-hmm. Um, Get, go and get some consulting. Pay the Food Innovation Center. Honestly, I did. I took my products. I actually had you taste these things for a long time.
0: Yeah, you would come like every what, once a month or uh, every other you week. Cut me off, actually. <laughs> <You> said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying, you? I'm not going to see you anymore. It's
2: time. You either got to do it. It's time for you to get it in the market. I go. It could be better. She, he goes. She you're like. It's per, it's good enough, right?
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I just did. Been I said going. that to her. <laughs> I, I think you i like so, so, so your so wings over, and fly, right, Vivian. Over <laughs> consulting. <laughs>
2: So what, uh, but what the, the kernel there is that, you know, do find, you know, if you can get some consulting and if you can find like sign up, there's lots of, um, mercy core organizations, um, different kinds of startup groups that would be really helpful because not just to meet other people who are thinking who are like-minded, but who might have some interesting ideas or give you some contacts, um, to solve some problems or to talk about some issues that you have. So, but once you're there, like I was, just sort of a, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And you know, once you kind of have your idea, you've perfected it. You've got to just go, and be prepared. You know, for you just got to go.
0: Yeah. Um, don't get too caught up in the process. Don't get caught up in the process. And don't
2: and it be feels a duck. Safe you being have to be stuck a duck. in
0: the process. Yeah. Not yeah. Yeah, because so you. You know, you're feeling creative and you're excited because it's something new, but then you actually have
1: to launch it you and do. let the world see it. Mm-hmm. And you
2: have to have and a small plan. you can always make
1: changes down the road. Yes. I mean, yes, I see a lot can. of people do that where they'll like change packaging partway through I or hmm. um, get rid of whole lines. We did yeah. that. We used to yeah. do this line of spice rubs and mm-hmm. it just didn't fit with everything else. It wasn't very popular and it was a waste of time. So yeah. we just right. cut, it cut it out and it yeah. was like, let's just focus on what's selling. You yeah. Know? Right. Then I think it's okay for people to do. That, but I think sometimes people get in their own way, and mm-hmm. they will try d- for this perfection or keep dumping or, money
0: into it. Yeah. and it's or there'll not be getting challenges, good. and so you just oh. need
1: somebody to be like, "It, Gotta get out there bit, and do yeah, it, yeah,
0: just go for it." Yeah, right.
2: mm-hmm. and you know the one thing I did is I created this like. If you have a business plan, make it short and small. It mm-hmm. does not have to be daunting and it really shouldn't be big because as a startup, you know, part of being a startup is being nimble and you've got to be responsive, yeah. not just react. I don't mean reactionary, but change agent. You've got to change. Mm-hmm. You got to move mm-hmm. and you just have to be like a sponge and it's hard. Sometimes you want to you take things personally. It's not a bad thing, but you just have to process it and move on.
0: Separate yourself. Mm-hmm. You actually become... Uh kind of like an agent for that food product. You're sort of representing it once it's created and then you have to be very, very careful with it. And because the big the business actually becomes an entity mm-hmm. that's really separate from you. You're part of it, but it's really separate from you because you have like duties to the business. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting thing to think about.
2: Yeah. And that that really is a, another good point about if you're starting out, what are the things you really you really need to think be thoughtful. You know, thinking is highly underrated nowadays with texting <laughs> and it this is. kind of quick um quick exp- this expectation of quick responses. Yeah. You know, you really need to think and if I could have done more I would have thought a little more through mm. in terms of um sort of business and really figuring out your costs. That is really big. You've got to work your costs and figure out your margins. Yeah. And when we start a business, I don't know, maybe some people didn't, but I just was excited to get into stores, and I think I under-costed myself. I didn't have a big enough margin. Not a big enough margin in terms of I didn't include everything that I really should have. What would be your perfect true?
0: margin? More than fifty percent?
2: No well, in a perfect in a super perfect world it'd be great because you might start with fifty percent, but in the end when you start getting larger or you scale up, you're gonna be lucky like, if you everyone. have ten. Yeah. Or fifteen. Honestly. When I talked to um, this company Um, a tea company that sold to a large, a huge conglomerate. And they said that they always aimed for 40, but in the end they only were lucky if they got like 7 or
0: 10%. Hmm. and uh, but that's it, why you have to sell a lot yeah. yeah and that's the other thing is
1: that's what people always say too is they'll be like we see your products everywhere but they don't understand that that's what you need to do because you make such a small percentage and mm-hmm. even if you are even if your margins are set right there's just always other things that come into play like maybe you need an expensive piece of equipment to get bigger or right. you know there's all of these things that that change and flow and as like the market changes you kind of have to be adaptable to all right. these different things like we ship things more than we used to because things are more online and that's more expensive to do mm-hmm. than when we just drop it off. Like everything just kind of changes and, and flows. I talked to a
2: food crafter recently and he sells his product all over the United States. And I said, who do you use? And he said, I just, he ships it himself. Yeah, wow. That's what we do. Yeah. Mm. Because in, you know distributors do an important job, but it also can be very costly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of costs that you do not. Hidden costs. They're hidden costs mm-hmm. that you're just not aware of. You're mm-hmm. so, ex- you know. Yeah. So that was interesting when you were saying shipping, because I thought to myself, I wonder if that's a viable option. For frozen, it's hard. It's hard yeah.
1: for dry frozen. ice doubles the weight. And the cost, because mm-hmm. then you're paying for Yeah, that dollar a pound to, or whatever. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I did want to ask you before we're going to kind of wrap things up here, but I noticed that you like to do a lot of hiking. Yeah. Tell us about your favorite places to hike here. Well, here? Yeah, or wherever. Okay, Where do you well, like to go?
2: Recently, uh, my boyfriend and I went on a glamping trip. Ooh. And so he's got a trailer, and then we go with another couple. It was really fun. But we went down to Harris State Park, which is in Brookings. Oh, Brookings if is great. If you have never been down there, I mean, I've lived in Oregon for how long? Well, the and sand dunes there? Or? It's, it's not the sand dunes. That's more like Coos Bay. Uh-oh. But this, the I mean, this this state park is right on the ocean what? and it's gorgeous number hmm. 1 and great facilities and it was just great hiking everywhere nice. i mean there was such great paths so i really I really enjoyed that um, I really
1: um I like to see that when people have small businesses sometimes we get wrapped up in what we're doing, we mm-hmm. forget to do things uh, you take know I always a like to emphasize the self care when I see it happening so I think it was really great to see that you were <laughs> still getting out in the world, going yeah. on hikes, enjoying this yeah. beautiful state that we live in so that was really great and I want to encourage all you entrepreneurs out there to take make sure break. to do that yeah yeah, take a break, get outside, mm-hmm. enjoy our beautiful Good state. And um, is there a place that people can find you online, um, Instagram handle, anything you want to mention so oh, people thank can you. find you?
2: Yeah, my Instagram is Hmong Dynasty Foods. It's Hmong underscore dynasty underscore foods. And that's really my most active area. I'm on Facebook, Hmong Dynasty Foods, and I have a website with the same name. Um, so check me out and, uh, you know, leave any comments or anything. I'd love I'd love to know what you think.
1: And um, follow me if you're interested. And um, where can people buy direct from you? What's the best place? We always like to send customers your way. Is that oh, online? Yeah, my online uh, website
2: has been just sort of recently changed, so I have an online store that's uh, will be coming up online in the next day or two. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to. And in or and in Portland area, if you're interested in the Mung Burgers, I can. That's that's something I can also deal with in deliveries.
1: Nice. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see your products in stores soon. Excited to buy them. It was so lovely to have you here and to meet with you. Very good. Thank you for coming today, Vivian. Thank you so much Thanks for the Vivian. opportunity. It had a lot of fun. Good. <laughs> and we record Masonian Marshall here at Ned Space. Tune in every week, Fridays at 9 a.m., and soon you'll be able to find us on your favorite podcast, to fl- platform thanks to alan our um, audio engineer and our production assistant chelsea if you'd like to be a guest submit a press release to startupradionetwork.com and we'll be here next week talk to you then bye bye bye
0: bye bye Bye. (laughs) committed to serving oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10%